0: Welcome to the Experience Life Podcast, where we are learning to escape our comfort zone and get out of our own way from holding ourselves back from the lives we know we are made for. My name is Sarah, and I'm a mom who is infatuated with personal growth. Join me on this journey to experience life through all of life's experiences. What's up out there, lifers? Thank you for joining me on the Experience Life podcast here today. I'm so excited to welcome a much-anticipated guest um, as we sit down and talk about her upcoming book that she has been working on this last year, and it's going to be released in the upcoming weeks. So if you all please take a second to welcome Andrea Owen here to the podcast. Andrea, thanks for joining us here today. Hi,
1: Sarah. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to
0: talk to you. Me too. Thank you for coming. Um, I'm so excited about your book Andrea it's as you say you I heard you say this on your podcast and I I read it um, in your book that this is the time for this book and when I heard the release of the name of your book I was like even more excited so can you just tell us the name of your book off the bat
1: yeah it's called make some noise okay. and, and originally so I'll be I'll be super honest with you originally the title of the book was raise hell and <laughs> They, the publisher was like, can, can you, because my previous two books also had curse words in them, and they're like, can you <laughs> have a book that, that has clean language So we brainstormed, and we all ended up loving this title, so that's how the title was born.
0: <laughs> that's so funny. I did hear you share that on your podcast, and I believe you also were, like, tossing around another name. Was it called Burn It Down?,
1: Yes, but that was already taken by an anthology um, of women's stories about anger, which I love. So don't yeah. get me wrong. But yeah, originally, I, I love that one
0: too. So you, d- you did say, I heard you say this, and you start the book off with a letter to your readers explaining um, that your anger had led you to actually writing this book, the anger that you had internalized for years. So can you tell us about um, this anger and like where it stems from?
1: Yeah, it was, I think it wasn't until I was about 30 that I realized why I was so angry for so long. And I also think that part of it is just my personality, but, but I, I sort of finally had this revelation that it was the sexism and the the harassment that I had experienced, like so many women do yeah. and, and just, just feeling frustrated in various regard and I sat down to write this book and thought to myself, okay, it's not a good idea to come from a place of anger and I need to calm down a little bit and get my thoughts together and focus. And then and then I also on the flip side thought, no, you know what? This is what women need from me. This is really in yeah. essence, a big part of my superpower. Is the ability to access anger? Because I know that that can be challenging for many women, or we're told that it's unattractive, or not ladylike, or we need to calm down, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And so I decided to just run with it. You know, I I wasn't in a in a fiery rage the entire time I was sitting at my keyboard by any stretch, but but I was, I was, I was angry and just uh, angry for myself and things that have happened to me, but also angry for many women out there who have been. Um, you know, raised in a culture that tells us to be quiet, that tells us to not take up very much space, that tells us to always be polite and accommodating and put everyone else's comfort before our our own. And I'm not saying that I want people to go out and and flip tables and punch people in the face. Like, no, that's that's not it. But I do think that we need to take a look at how we've been raised and how we can start to unlearn some of that conditioning and socialization.
0: Absolutely. I love when you call it conditioning. Now, Andrea, you say like it's it's not just your anger. It's your anger for other women. You fi- You are a life coach and a podcaster and an author. Do you find this? You must find this as like a common theme that continues to come up with women that you talk to.
1: Yeah, it, it really is. And I also think that I, I have a protective energy about me. I'm an Aries and apparently I didn't know this until recently that that's one of one of the characteristics of Aries is that we're highly protective of the people that, that we care about. And yeah, after talking to so many women over the years and hearing their experiences and just paying attention to even people who aren't my clients, the women in my community that share their stories with me via email or in my DMs on Instagram, yeah. I... I hear that they resonate with a lot of the things that I'm saying. And also they share their experiences of not being listened to, of not being heard. And I, and I want to just say for the record too, this isn't just a woman thing. Men definitely have their challenges in the culture that has raised us and that has raised them. And it looks a little bit different. And at the end of the day, this is my specialty. And this is what, what I talk about and what I have the most experience in. That's why I write about it and teach about it.
0: Absolutely. And everybody, like you said, across the board, like men, male, female, um, it's just like ch- making some noises is, is the idea of like challenging the beliefs that we have been internalizing and conditioned to believe are true. And sometimes we don't even like realize. Are you
1: still there? I can't hear yes. you. Um, I think it might be my, hang on. I think it, I wonder if it's my iPods. Okay. My AirPods. <laughs> hang on. Let me.
0: So Andrea, the, um, like, you, like you mentioned, it's not just women, it's, it's men too. So across the board, whether you're male or female, it's the idea, of, make some noises, like the idea of um, challenging the beliefs that we have internalized by the conditioning. Sometimes we don't even realize that we've been conditioned to believe these beliefs, but how they're affecting us.
1: Yeah, 100%. And, and I want to underscore exactly what you just said is that a lot of times we don't even realize that they're there. Yeah. Because we all drank the same Kool Aid, if you're familiar with that expression. You yeah, know, yeah. There wasn't any other beverage choice. Yeah. And, and and there are some exceptions, of course, and speaking generally here. Maybe your parents were incredibly evolved and progressive, or maybe they were therapists and, and they had these conversations with you about about you know, and I did talk to some women like that. I did a lot of surveys and talked to my community and and it was definitely um the minority, but there were some women who said you know, my mom taught me to ask for everything that I wanted. And even if it was being as opportunistic or, or, you know, my, my parents told me that, uh, you know, I was absolutely entitled to put my career first and that I did not have to grow up and, and strive to get married and have children if I didn't want to. And so there, there were those exceptions, but for the most part, you know, we all grew up with the same kind of conditioning and, and we largely didn't realize it was even there. It just becomes the norm. That's what happens in, in all societies. There's a norm that's created. And, and I'm not saying it's all bad. Again, like, of course, it's nice to have attributes of, of being polite and kind. But what I, what I want the reader to walk away with is where does that get in the way? Where does yes. that stop you? Where is that keeping you small, theoretically, from, you know, if you, are you not asking for what you want when it comes to everything from asking for a raise at work or raising your rates if you're a service provider or asking your partner to create help you create more balance with the chores or having a hard conversation with somebody. There's The, the examples are endless of things that we tend to shy away from because we have been taught that it is either, quote unquote, confrontational yeah. or conflict, uh, or that we don't know how to have these hard conversations, or that we're just taught that it's not okay for women to do that.
0: Absolutely. And I, I think, so I'm going to talk about myself here for a second, because I just recently have been exploring what's holding, you said that, that these things are like holding us back. And I, so I I called it, I refer to this as my first business. So I have my first business, which is an inherited business. I'm third generation owner in my family. And then I have my life coaching business. So my first business is I'm third generation owner, but I'm the first female. And the predecessors before me were my father and my grandfather. And um, both of them well-intended, but most of their employees, in fact, I'd say 99% of their employees over the years were all male, except for the a female that would work in the office or do, like, the secretarial work, which I think is, um, you know, a common theme that we would find sure. looking back. So I realized what was holding me back was, my one, myself and my conditioning of, um, you know, being raised to be told that um, little girls are better seen and not heard. You know, that was something we heard in the 80s and the 90s. Um, yeah. And, you know, just to, belie- to be the polite – um, little girl and and w- grow into this as as a woman role and as a businesswoman, but into getting into growing my business and scaling and changing, I had to wear a different hat. I had to challenge my beliefs, and I, I realized that it was um, internalized conditioning that I had mm-hmm. to start challenging. And my husband, he's, um, he's very encouraging. And he would tell me, Sarah, you're the captain of your own ship. You have to start wearing a role that you didn't think you were gonna, going to wear. And I think so many women can resonate with that, that they're doing in their own lives and they don't realize that they're holding themselves back because of what they have started to believe about themselves.
1: Yeah. I, oh my gosh. Okay. So appreciate you telling that story. And I want to, um, if I may, I want to point out something that I, I see a pattern that is always well intentioned from our, you know, from, if we're talking about heterosexual relationships where if we have a male partner and I love that he's encouraging like that. Yeah. And at the same time, I think something that gets missed and then women end up feeling like crap about it, about themselves is that, it is great to have someone tell you, you know, you need to be the captain of your own ship. You need to, um, you know, just take control of it and and go out there and ask for what you want. And for some women that works and that's easy. And all they need is that encouragement and that support from their partner, which I want to, I definitely want. It's not a, it's not a, this isn't a, but it's an and. Yeah. Um, and I think what's missing is that old conditioning is not only just there and present, but it's also can be like borderline traumatic for some women. And I, and I mean that, I don't mean to be Mm -hmm. dramatic there, but I mean that it's, you know, sometimes we're paralyzed when we think about putting ourselves out there and doing these tasks that have, have been, you know, mostly for men Mm -hmm. and we can't figure out what the hell is stopping us? It's like, why can't I just go out there and do that? Why can't I have more self-confidence when it comes to running this business that my father and my grandfather have done before me? I know I'm confident at this. Like, I know I can do this, but there's like something that just feels paralyzing. That is the conditioning that we've received. And I want to emphasize that because it it would be like us telling our male partners who have been conditioned their entire lives to not show emotion, that emotion is weak, that you know to be a, a masculine man and to man up is to not cry, is to just be really tough. It's like us telling them, "I need you to just show emotions. I need you to just cry when you feel like it." And they would be like, "What? Yeah, yeah." <laughs> decades of conditioning that has told me otherwise. And you're just, you're going to tell me that this is what it's going to take for me to be in an intimate relationship with you. So I can go both ways and we can put that kind of pressure on our partners, male, female, or otherwise. And I just wanted to point that out because I don't want women listening to this to think that there's something wrong with them because they can't just go for it and put themselves out there and make some noise. It is about the tangible action, but also, this is what I want to emphasize that I, hopefully I emphasize in the book, this is a lot of internal work that we need to do. And it is an ongoing process.
0: Yes, absolutely. And thank you for emphasizing that because that was an after conversation after I had processed it. Like it's not as easy as you say, you know, um, just, just be just like man up or like you had said, it's not just saying um, empowering women or go get it or it's all the internalized work and it's going to be years of working through that and, you know, looking at my own self in ways that aren't always comfortable.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's really uncomfortable. Can we just like pause on that? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I can't tell you how many like stomach aches I have experienced over having to have hard conversations, having to speak up about things. And Really, just that encouragement and cheerleading will only take you so far. And listen, like I am like one of the world's best hype women. Like yeah, need <laughs> me for that, I can be there. but it's gonna get you nowhere unless you are taking a step back and doing that internal work. And, and if I can just like throw out a tool for people, and this is something I emphasize a lot, is one of the best things that you can do for yourself is to just get curious. That's it. Just ask yourself, I wonder why it's so hard for me. To post on social media about my new business, I want you know with no judgment about Hmm. what what the answer might be. It 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 just is what it is. I wonder why I am um, judging that woman for what she's wearing or for the size of her body. I wonder why I'm judging myself for the size of my body. Like just getting curious about what's going on in your mind and letting go to if it is good or bad. It is neither good nor bad. It's ju- It just is what it is.
0: Yes. I love when you say that, getting curious. I think of that all the time. And, you know, being aware of how I'm responding to things is just getting curious about it. Mm-hmm. So you, di- you did say in your book um, how shouting things like girl power are just not working, which is sort of what we were just talking about. And you talk about how can we better encourage women's empower net- empowerment and – and we can we cannot unless we are engaging in the unlearning process. Can you speak to this?
1: Yeah. You know, I, my very first book, 32 Ways to Live a Kick-Ass Life, it it really is girl power. It is. I wrote it yeah. in 2012, and um, I still love the book. I, I think there's a ton of really fantastic takeaways. It helped me. <laughs> you know, like, I still read it, and I'm like, oh, that's really smart, Andrea. Good job. <laughs> um, excuse me. <clears throat> Got excited there for a second. And at the end of the day, I, I do think that that helps a lot of people and we need more. It yes. really just is sort of a band-aid and sometimes a band-aid is all people need truly. And for others, there's more that needs to, to be done. Sometimes the wound needs to be cleaned out. Sometimes you need stitches. Sometimes you need a, a bigger, you know, gauze wrap or any bandage if I can hang on to that metaphor anymore. I love that. It's really, again, like I've been saying, it's about some, for some people, this is trauma that they've experienced. I talk about that in the, the intuition chapter about how I love that there are teachers out there who are teaching intuition. I have taught, I've written about intuition and for some people, they can't listen to their intuition because they've experienced trauma that or gaslighting in relationships that has told them that their reality is incorrect. So they don't trust their intuition. So it's things like that that I just want to point out to people that is not everyone's experience, but it is relevant for some. And we need to dig around a little bit deeper if we are truly going to heal to be able to empower ourselves.
0: Yeah. Like you said before, rather than sitting in like the defectiveness of what's wrong with me, it's really finding out what what is wrong here. What is derailing me?
1: Sometimes it's not what's wrong with you, it's what's wrong with our culture. Yes. <laughs> our yeah.
0: <society>. Yeah. <laughs> what's getting in your way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. and
1: Exactly.
0: Andrea, you also talk about in women's empowerment that it begins with asking for what you want, period. I believe I read wow. you said asking for what you want, period, and how this is really hard for some people to start doing. Can you tell us more about this idea?
1: Yeah, I mean it's hard for me too. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't want anyone to think that it's it's easy for everyone. You know, I had someone. I had Just King on my podcast, and um, she's a Peloton instructor, and 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 she's also a friend of a friend, and, and I know that she is someone who, who really just asks for what she wants, like no qualms about it. And some people might, you know, call that opportunistic, and. And, um, you know, some people might call it greedy. And I asked her, I was like, where did you learn that? And she said that it was her mom who deliberately taught her that. Her mom was an immigrant. And, um, and just, and her mom knew that like, if you want to get what you want, you have to ask for it. If you want to get ahead, you have to ask for it. So she taught her daughter at a young age that this is what you need to do. And so just grew up with that conditioning And she doesn't feel bad about it. And I I admire that. Like I I admire not just that she does it, that she asks for everything that she wants, but she doesn't feel bad about it. She doesn't feel guilty or ashamed or that she needs to be quiet or apologize or qualify the ask. She just asks. And she trusts that the other person is going to be boundaried enough to either say yes or no, like that's on them. And I love that about her, and I wish more of us were like that. And again, it goes back to our—the reason that we don't—is it goes back to our judgment of women who ask for what they want. I mean, look at how much women are demonized mm-hmm. in politics, no matter what mm-hmm. side you're on. If you think about the women who are, you know, categorized as a little bit more radical, mm-hmm. they ask for what they want. <laughs> they ask for yeah. what they want, and they are crucified. and and not just in politics, but this is all over the place. I mean, look at Madonna. I I know that, you know, I'm a Gen Xer and so she was what we had growing up as, as this self-expressive, ambitious woman. And my God, the media just crucified her. So I say that because we, the the role models that we have, the media and society at large have not been nice to them. And so, no wonder we don't ask for what we want. A, we're not taught and B, we see it as something that's scary. The other reason that we don't ask for what we want as many times as we don't know how. And that comes down to learning how to communicate, learning how to set boundaries, um, learning how to have hard conversations. You can't change anything that you won't talk about. Yes. So yes. there's that. There's <laughs> yeah, that spit out a lot of stuff like take your bag and we can run with it yeah well I loved the episode
0: with Jess King and what I was thinking when I listened to that episode was that is goals that is a world that I want my daughters to grow up in is where people live and think like that and I hope that I am raising them to have that belief when they are her age that mm-hmm. you know they can just ask for what like you said it's just it's it's that's her conditioning versus what a lot of societal conditioning has been because of those decades of examples like Madonna and women in politics. And, um, you know, the brain, you speak about the brainwashing of that makes us small and, Mm -hmm. and the idea of
1: it's, it's, um, it's complicated, and it's it's one of those things where you know, I really went back and forth with using the word brainwashing. But at the end of the day, I'm like, that is exactly what has happened. To us. Yeah. <laughs> like, who was writing the stories? Who is? In, you know, there's a great um, documentary out right now. I think it's on Netflix. It's called "This Changes Everything." Is it Netflix? It might be Hulu. Sorry, I can't, I can't keep all the streaming channels. Me neither. Everything. Um, I believe it was might have been produced by Gina Davis, but it it talks about how the how it's in Hollywood, the directors and producers and the people at the top, people telling the stories, the vast majority of them are men. It's not like 60 percent or something. It's like in the 90s, a Mm -hmm. percentage of, of men who are directors and writers and producers and This is, you know, it's things, it's examples like that, that really, truly make a difference in how we are raised, what we see growing up, the messaging that we receive, um, you know, the, the characterization of men versus women. And it's, it's brainwashing. It truly is. It's indoctrination to us from an early age. And I have a daughter, she's 11 and I have a son too. And I wanted something different for them. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I wrote this book for my daughter. And she's a little bit too young to read it. She's only 11, but I want something different for both of their children. I want something different for everyone listening to this for, for their children and, and all the women listening. Like we have the power to change not only our own conditioning and socialization, but the conversation, the conversations that we're having with other people. So that change can be made. That's how it's made.
0: Yeah, through conversations. And I always say, you know, you can't change the world, but you can change your corner. And if I can raise my children to be having these conversations and to have this train of thought, and my daughter is going to be 14 in two weeks, and she will, without a doubt, in a few years, be reading this book.
1: I'm so glad. Thank you. Yeah.
0: No, and it's, you know, I'm starting to see – I'm starting to see the result of my work of raising her the way that I was not, and no discredit to my parents, yeah. it was their conditioning as well, um, but we're we're working slowly on changing the world, you know, e- each person that's having these conversations with their friends and their children and their children's children, and it, it, it's time, it's right it's now, fun. and like you said, this is the time. So can you tell me why is this the time for this book? Why do you believe
1: Yeah. Well, I think that we're overdue for one and and I want to just sort of highlight what you said there. And, and of course this is not to discredit our parents. I truly think that that our parents did the best they could, even if it, even if we categorize it as, as not great. And my mom was just here for a week. I haven't, I haven't seen her since 2019. We were, we were having this conversation and, and you know, she has some guilt about how she was about certain things. And I told her, I said, mom, you didn't have any tools. Like you weren't raised this way. She reads my, she reads my books and she's just so, she's like, I'm just proud of you, honey. And and, you know, it's, it only takes one person in the family to start to see what maybe some other people won't. And it's, and, and I, is this the right word I was going to say to be disruptive? Sometimes it is being disruptive and your family members may handle it well and they may not. And I, and I, I say that because this can be incredibly uncomfortable within your family of origin to be the person who breaks the cycle. It yeah. changes the cycle, even if it's just pointing out things that aren't healthy, that are dysfunctional, that sometimes are toxic, and that you decide to not do it anymore. It takes generations for real cultural and societal change to happen. And I think that we, and with every generation, things change. And with this one, I mean, my children, it is just not a big deal that people are gay, that people yes. are trans, that people are non-binary. Like they have this language that I never have. I never even met a gay person until I was in my twenties. Right. And <laughs> To them, for them to just grow up and have it just not be an issue, mm-hmm. to just be a part of their language. That is, that is real change for me. And I'm sorry, I got off topic. You asked me why now? I think that if we just look around at what's happening, within our society here in the United States and even beyond um, politically, socially, just in, in so many different areas. Um, I think that we're ready for this conversation and I'm so glad that more self-help and women's empowerment authors are, are talking about this. You know, I, I don't think it's necessarily for every single person to talk about, but I'm just glad that it's happening because we're overdue. Yeah.
0: we're overdue. And and if yeah. we do, if we're brave enough to get curious about it and have this conversation now, then like we said, our children, like I noticed the same thing in my kids, my oldest, who's almost 14 and my youngest, who's nine, both of them just, they don't even recognize like people being gay or people being different or, or dying their hair or getting, you know, all of the things right. that maybe our um, generations before us would have thought that it was Making noise, it's maybe not going to be making noise in generations to come because it's just going to be normalized. Um, but if we don't normalize that conversation now, then it's not going to work.
1: I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, it's it's time, and I, I you know obviously there's there's some pushback, and it's usually by people of older generations. And I, I try to have compassion for them. It's scary change. Most people don't love change. It, it can make us feel uncertain and we know that uncertainty makes us afraid and yeah. some people want things to stay the same. And, and I just, I don't know about you, Sarah, but like I was always that kid who knew things were going on, um, you know, uncomfortable yeah. things and wanted to talk about them, mm-hmm. not because I enjoyed it, but just because I felt like it was necessary and I got pushback from my family. You know, it's yeah. like, I'm a Gen Xer. We're, you know, we, we, Push things under the rug. We don't talk about problems and, and challenging things. And we especially don't talk about feelings. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, th- I do think that that was like a little bit inherent in me. And, um, you know, not all families like that. And I just, I just wanted to point out that if you're afraid or even at the very least feeling incredibly uncomfortable, You are normal. That is your body telling you that change is going to happen and it might be scary and you might be unsafe. So I don't want anyone to think that there's something wrong with them. If they aren't like gung ho about this, it, it takes a lot of courage. Um, it takes a lot of drink, a lot of water. (laughs) 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 Take care of yourself. Um, yeah, it can be, you know, the unlearning and that's what I talk about in the book. The unlearning can really sort of wreak havoc, on your nervous system a little bit. And I'm not saying this to scare people, but I just like to talk about the reality of it. This has been the most difficult book for me to write. And, um, and I just, I think it was one of those things that the universe sort of tapped me on the shoulder very persistently and said, this needs to be talked about.
0: It it was presenting it to you like, Andrea, will you do this job? It
1: started, it started tapping me on the shoulder in 2016. I heard you. book first, I wrote another book and then I finally couldn't ignore it anymore.
0: And then it came back to tap you on the shoulder again?
1: It, it was much harder the second time. It was really after, to be honest with you, Sarah, like I had a really hard time when the with the Me Too movement and, in 2017 mm-hmm. and then in 2018 with the Kavanaugh hearings, just you know, having my own experience that was similar to Dr. Christine Blasey Ford. Um, that was rough. It, it was really rough watching it and watching just how much she was vilified. Yes. And that really was when I decided I have to write this book and it was my own way of making noise.
0: Yes. Yeah. What's up out there lifers? Thank you for joining me on the Experience Life Airwaves today. I'm so excited for today's episode. As you all know, I took a little break Um, from podcasting for a few weeks to enjoy the rest of summer with my kids and sort of change the trajectory of this podcast after one year of podcasting and 50 episodes aired last in this last year. um, I feel like September 1st is always like a reset. It's sort of like the first of the year for me. I always sort of feel that way. get excited about goals and new schedules. My daughters entered high school this year. So life has changed for me um, a little bit and I'm really excited um, to be doing Next couple of podcast episodes here on the airwaves. So, today we are going to be welcoming Andrea Owen, who is an author, a global speaker, a professional certified life coach who helps high achieving women maximize unshakable confidence and master resilience. Andrea has taught hundreds of thousands of women tools and strategies to be able to help empower themselves to live their most kick ass life through speaking her books, her coaching. And her wildly popular podcast with over 3 million downloads. So Andrea Owen is debuting her brand new third book this month, Make Some Noise. And she changed the name of her podcast after years of podcasting to Make some noise. So you're going to find out on today's episode why make some noise is so important and why Andrea felt like life was tapping her on the shoulder to air this book and this change this podcast and spread the the message of make some noise. So she is proud author of two other books. If you haven't um, read Andrea's other books, I always suggest them to all of my coaching clients. Um, her first book, which is translated into 18 languages and available in 22 countries, um, is 52 Ways to Live a Kickass Life, and then her second book, which is How to Stop Feeling Like Shit. I always keep them close by. They are highlighted every single page, probably. Like I don't even know why I bother highlighting them because the whole book is highlighted. Um, but Andrea is also a certified personal, professional co-active coach from the coaches training Institute, a professional certified coach with the international coaching federation. And she is a recover coach as well as a certified in the daring way facilitator, a, um, it from Dr. Brene Brown's research. Andrea is also, um, in recovery herself of almost a decade of sobriety. So, To say that I'm beyond excited to have Andrea here today and to have been able to have the honor of sitting down with her and having this raw conversation that the world needs to hear, excitement doesn't do it justice. So without further ado, everybody, please brace yourself and prepare for this interview with Andrea Owen. Thank you so much for joining me to experience life. If you like this episode, please spread the love and share it with a friend or tag me on social media. You can always find me on Instagram at Miss Sarah Jack. That's M-S underscore J-A-C. Until next time, enjoy the ride.